Hi there, I'm Alan Mann, and this is Stories in Stride, brought to you by American Region Animal Health, the makers of Ataquan IM. In this series, we take a glimpse into the remarkable true events of those who have left their mark on our equestrian community. We hear the heartbreaks and triumphs and the untold stories of our equestrian heroes and their amazing animals. The journey starts now. Today, our special guest is Rebecca Hart. Rebecca is a three-time Paralympian, a team gold medalist at the Adequan Global Dressage Festival, and a grade two individual champion. She is the first para-athlete ever to win a medal at the World Equestrian Games. She has also won a bronze medal in the grade three individual championships aboard Corona Texel, and then got silver in the grade three freestyle. Rebecca has been the USCF National Para Equestrian Champion six times. Wow. A warm welcome to Rebecca Hart. Thank you so much for having me, Alan. Great to be here. That, whew, that's quite the list <laughs> of accomplishments. It's been very blessed, very blessed. You know, it's interesting. Uh, many of our listeners may not be that familiar with the incredible sport of para dressage. So can, can you give us a little insight in... Uh, to what the para-dressage discipline is like? Sure. So the Paralympics or uh, the para-movement in sport in general, not just specifically for horses, is actually the second largest sporting event right behind the Olympics. And para, people often think that it is referring to a disability, being a paraplegic. What it actually means is being parallel to able-bodied sports. So it's the same incredibly high standard of athletic achievement in order to compete at the Paralympics or in para on the international level. So we compete two weeks after the able-bodied athletes and we're held to the exact same high standards that everyone else is. It just happens to be that we are competing with a physical disability. Wow, wow, I did not realize that. So being one of the top riders of the sport today for the U.S., can you tell us where your journey began with horses? Uh, My journey began uh, like most horse crazy little girls. Um, I loved horses from when I was a tiny child and I just kept doing it. Um, I loved the freedom that it gave me. For me, when you're a disabled kid, there's this magic thinking that, you know, as you get older, your disability is going to go away. And you realize through kind of life circumstances that that's not the case, that you're kind of stuck with the cards that you're given. And for me, horses were an equalizer. It was a moment that I was realized that, hey, you know, I do have this disability, but it was a way for me to overcome that and not to allow myself to not be angry that I couldn't walk the way that everyone else could. And basically, it let me come to terms with my disability and start achieving something. And so I was hooked as a kid and I loved it. And I love that horses don't judge you. They have no preconceived notions. And I, I just stay with it. My poor dad laughs to this day. He's like, honey, wasn't this horse thing supposed to be a phase? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, sorry, it's it stuck. Wow. And, and uh, when did you first start competing? I started competing uh, actually in 1998 with the parasite of it. I didn't actually realize up until that. I started when I was 10, um, just riding in general. And I didn't realize that para existed. And it was actually an article in Practical Horseman magazine about the 96 Paralympic Games that I realized 
there was this whole international para competition. And my mom is actually the one that pushed, kind of encouraged me to do that. And it was in 1998 that I was in a show in Georgia that was the beginning of the qualifying process for the 2000 Paralympic Games. So I got to kind of meet all of those athletes and it was those original Paralympians that really inspired me to kind of start my journey. And then I've been doing it for the, sorry to admit it, but like last 15, 20 years. <laughs> um, and I've never looked back. And I, it was, it was that show in 1998 was the catalyst for everything that followed after. So I've, I've been very fortunate to have watched you compete uh, over the years, and it really has been a joy for me. Uh, can you give our listeners a little insight into what it feels like uh, to be on a horse and competing? It is the most amazing experience for me. And it's a unique experience because on the ground, my balance is, is limited. Um, so it takes a bit for me to kind of move around and be mobile and when I'm on the back of the horse it's the exact opposite all of a sudden I have the mobility and they lend me their legs not to get too you know cliche but they lend me their legs and allow me to do things that I physically can't myself um, and it's such an amazing experience and I think that doesn't have to be just for a disabled rider that's for any rider the fact that you get on a 1200 pound animal and they are magnanimous enough to let you guide them around and the fact that they are willing to dance for you and the physical feats that they do for us in that competition arena. And, and even if you're not a competitive rider, just if you're enjoying your horse out in the field, what they grace us with is freedom and fluidity of motion. And it's a truly, truly special gift. Yeah, that, that, that is amazing. And it, it's, I'm always fascinated uh, when I watch you ride that, um, you and the horse have such a connection and you move so fluidly together. And is there anything that um, you have to do to really make it look so effortlessly? Uh, yes, there's lots of work to make it. And I appreciate you saying that because it's, it's, um, it definitely is a lot of work and it takes years of practice and effort. And it's tough because in normal kind of sport you can talk to your teammates and an equestrian sport obviously they don't speak English or don't actually speak so you have to have the silent language that is um, kind of the basis of equestrian and each horse has their own dialect of that silent language and I think to me that's the most fascinating part is creating that individual dialect between yourself as a human and your equestrian teammate. I don't have the use of my legs, so I create a whole kind of second aid system that I use while I'm riding, and that's different weight shifts with my shoulders, um, because I do have the use of my kind of torso and upper body. And then I use um, two whips that I use to replace my legs that we use different caps. And then I also use my voice, which as a para rider, I do have a compensation that I'm allowed to use vocal cues. So I teach them different clucks and noises that mean certain things. And when I get a new horse, I usually try and give myself about a year um, to get that cemented. And then it's really two to three years before you're really working as a unified team. So it's quite a long process from when you start to when you can get it polished and into the arena. And each horse is different and you have to kind of craft that language for each individual 
one that you're with? So in 2018, uh, I had the privilege to be in Tryon at the World Equestrian Games and our company was fortunate. We were able to uh, support the entire uh, para discipline at the World Games, which was uh, really exciting to have that involvement and to support such a wonderful group of uh, athletes and horses. Tell us about uh, some of the exciting news that came out of the World Games for you. That was a lifelong goal finalized after many, many years of hard work and so many sacrifices on so many part. And thank you guys so much for supporting us because it is, it, you know, we are the, the riders are the figureheads out there, but it's the entire support structure and system that gets us into that arena. And without that system and those sponsors and supporters, nobody would be able to achieve anything. So a very heartfelt thanks to you guys. And to be able to trot down centerline for your country and to represent your country on an international stage, it, it's the most overwhelming and incredibly wonderful experience. There's really no words for it. Just to be able to achieve that honor of being able to represent your country. But then I had been close many times in the past to actually touch that podium and I had been just shy of it. And I remember sitting, I had finished my individual test. I was the first rider to go on that day. And I knew that Tex and I uh, had laid down a, a pretty solid ride and we were just waiting. And I had seven rides to wait. And my sister is an amazing supporter of mine. And she's been at every international competition that I've been to. And we were sitting there on the outside of the arena, just waiting for those seven rides to go. And she kept squeezing my hand tighter and tighter and tighter as one rider after the next went and my name stayed in the top three. And I'm like, this is happening. I think this is happening. And I broke down into tears. The last rider went and I had the biggest sense of accomplishment and so much pride in my horse and my country and my support system. I, like, I still don't have words and I still get emotional thinking about it. To be the first uh, American rider to have ever medaled at the World Equestrian Games and to be able to give that back for my country, there is no other sense of accomplishment. Um, and to be able to do that twice and to stand on the podium, uh, yeah, it's it's completely overwhelming. Yeah, I, I was fortunate to be out there and to congratulate you in person was uh, really special for me. So awesome that you did it uh, on home turf and not only once, but twice, so hats off to you. Uh, so speaking of horses, uh, throughout your career, is there any horse that really stands out that has really performed above and beyond? Um, I've had several and amazing, amazing partnerships and horses, and they've all been incredibly dynamic and special in their own rights. Um, all of my Paralympic horses, Schroeder's Romani, uh, Lord Luger, Nortiesa and of course El Corona Texel is my World Equestrian Games mount. Um, I think Tex, El Corona Texel, um, is, has definitely kind of stolen a little notch in my heart because he and I have achieved something that I've been working toward for my entire life. And he's quite a talented horse, but also quite a quirky horse and quite a character in his own right. So he's not always easy, but he's incredibly special and incredibly talented. And for me, 
he, I mean, he tries his hardest and it, it's a very, been a very fun process to kind of get to know him and, and earn his trust and get him to really kind of um, perform for me in circumstances that he may not always be comfortable with. He's, he comes off as quite confident and a little, um, like egotistical he thinks he's very good but then when he gets into a pressure situation he goes and he sucks back and now i finally feel like i've got him where he he goes are we okay can i go past those flowers and i go yes yes you can and off he goes and it's it's such a fun relationship to to have a horse that looks to me and that i can look to him and we can really kind of lean on each other and it's it's been a fun process to draw him out and show him to the world in the best light and to have him show me in the best light too. So it's truly a mutual process. That is awesome. That is wonderful. So you're dealing with a condition that is degenerative. So how is that impacting your journey? So I have a condition that's called hereditary spastic paraplegia or paraplesis. And it's as you stated, it was a, it's a genetic disease, so it does get worse as everything goes on. And that can be mentally very frustrating because something that I can do six months to a year ago, all of a sudden I can't do that anymore. So it's a, it's a constant, I try and look at it not negatively and use it as a positive and go, okay, how can I relearn this and reteach myself? Because if you get sucked into that, oh, I've lost this and it becomes a negative it's hard to get out of that and you can get yourself into dark places and frustrations physically and mentally. So for me, it was a matter of just adapting and overcome. That's kind of one of my go-to phrases, adapt and overcome. And it's just, all right, that doesn't work anymore. What can I do instead? How can I make it work now? And it's, I turn it into a bit of a puzzle and I make it kind of a fun situation where, all right, Let's, let's relearn this. Let's redo this. What piece can I use now? Um, and you break it down and you, you make it work. That's tremendous. And, you know, it's noted that, uh, that horses can really be such a blessing to, to all of us, but especially people that have, you know, have had to deal with physical disabilities. So how has your physical health benefited from just being on these horses as much as you have? Oh my gosh. Um, for me, physically, riding has allowed me to maintain my mobility and my ability to still walk. For me, walking long distances is very challenging, but I'm still able to do it. I use either a cane or a scooter for long distances for the support. Um, but all of you know my, my doctors and my physical therapists have said that without the horses, the muscles that I would use to walk would basically atrophy and, and I wouldn't be able to anymore. So riding is a huge, um, not only athletic ambition for me, but also to maintain my physical mobility. It's so incredibly important because as they've done all the studies for hippotherapy and when you're sitting on the horse, the muscles that are activated and like they just automatically do that for you. The motion of their, their walk and their gait does that, um, are the same muscles that you would use if you were walking on the ground. So it's basically a way to keep some muscle tone, even if you can't physically or mentally access that muscle yourself. Wow, that's fascinating. That is fascinating. So what words of wisdom would you like to share with someone with a disability that's uh, 
really wanting to become a writer. My recommendation for them is to do not let that disability define who you are. Don't let it label you. It is one part of who you are and you're dealt an entire deck of cards. And my advice would be to learn how to play the hand that you're given. Use that card that maybe somebody else would think is a negative card. Use it to your advantage. Learn how to play the game and enjoy it because you get this one lifetime to kind of figure out you know, what sets your soul on fire. And that's really what we're here to do is to live the fullest life that we can with the time that we're given and to help others to do that as well. Well said, well said. So to close up our conversation, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received in the horse world? Oh gosh, that's a tough one. The best piece of advice I've ever um, received in the horse world is probably to keep a sense of humor. There are so many amazing moments and then there are also some incredibly humbling moments with horses so you just kind of have to smile your way through it and enjoy every moment that is awesome rebecca well rebecca i want to thank you for taking us on this incredible journey Uh, it's an honor to just know you and and to call you a friend and thank you so much for bringing so much joy to so many others you have truly deserve the podium and we look forward to seeing you honored in future competitions hopefully in 2021 fingers crossed thank you so much as always thanks for listening before you go please take a minute to subscribe to this podcast we want you to be the first to know the incredible stories we have lined up in coming episodes until then happy riding